0: From Old Town Road by Lil Nas X to the recent Western, The Harder They Fall. The idea of black cowboys has been making its way into popular culture over the last few years. But there's much more to learn about the role that African Americans played in the complex history of the American West. I'm Bethany Jay, and this is Music Reconstructed, from Teaching Heart History. It takes research to rethink, remix, and reimagine music. The results can reveal insights into history for educators and students. In this special four-part series, music expert and historian Charles Hughes brings us conversations with contemporary musicians who are exploring the sounds, songs, and stories of the Jim Crow era through their music. After the Civil War and Reconstruction, many formerly enslaved people migrated west. They became integral parts of industries like cattle ranching, the railroads, and law enforcement. In this installment, Charles introduces us to Grammy Award winner Dom Flemons, who helped lay the groundwork for the growing understanding of this often forgotten history. Together, they take us on a musical exploration of the American West after Emancipation. Here's Charles.
1: On this episode, I talked with Dom Flemons, who goes... the name of the american songster a title that he richly deserves he is a musician a historian an educator an archivist we'll specifically focus on his grammy nominated album black cowboys which traces the songs and the stories of the black cowboy tradition and the african-american west and as he explains here these are stories these are songs that often get left out or forgotten an erasure that affects not only our understanding of Western migration and Western settlement, but also of the vibrancy of Black life and Black experiences in the 19th and early 20th centuries. Flemens is a model for how to go about doing research and historical learning in order to create projects that not only give us such a wealth of information but also to help us think about how we might present that material and express what we have learned in a way that is relevant for our present day.
2: started a group called the Carolina Chocolate Drops, which was dedicated to showcasing traditional African-American string band music. I
0: am a country girl, I've been around the world, and every place I've been, ain't quite nothing like.
2: Carolina Chocolate Drops, we're sort of trying to do our own version of African-American old-timey music. And that includes early parts of blues, jazz, and country music.
0: I was born in the country, that's a natural fact. On these long city days, I want to look back to see tobacco fields, row after row, red clay cracking where the silver queen grows.
2: I did that for nine years and after that I decided to expand my studies out even farther to include different parts of traditional folk music as well as uh, black cowboys. Getting far too old to follow this here heard, good lord, I caught the first thing smoking down the road somewhere, Called the first thing smoking down the road somewhere, and I caught my steel pony and boys, I'm going. around. I came across a book called The Negro Cowboys. One in four cowboys who helped settle the West were black, and there was just a multitude of stories about the black West. And being African American and Mexican American by heritage, that excited me. And then as I did more research on individual cowboy stories, I found that there were cowboys then becoming Pullman porters and being part of the evolution of the civil rights era. Which leads me into writing new songs commemorating Black Western pioneers. Steel Pony Blues talks about Nat Love, who wrote his own autobiography. Now they call me Mr. Flemings, cause I'm a pool porter now, good lord, I caught the first thing smoking down the road somewhere. Caught the first thing smoking down the road somewhere. Cause I caught my steel pony and boys, I'm going to ride here I go. I went to the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering in Elko. From the very first moment I mentioned that I was going to be doing a Black Cowboys album, every single person in the community made sure to tell me one of the stories that they knew about Black Cowboys. They wanted to do everything in their power to make sure that the Negros Vaqueros, the official name that many of the black cowboys used, were a part of this bigger story of the West. But once you delve into the history of black cowboys, then you start to find that you're delving into the entire history of the United States. Because if you think of the settling of the West as being a phenomenon of white America, you'll naturally view everything else as being derivative or something that is not on the same level as white America's progress. But if you start to acknowledge black cowboys, Mexican vaqueros, and Native American cowboys, then all of a sudden you start to see that the story of the West has been diverse from the very beginning. And it's not something that we just added later on. Now he's a U.S. Marshal. Marshal And a Lone Ranger There's He's a Lone, he's a ranger, lone ranger about Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves is his name I heard that he was the historical basis for the there fictional character I The Lone way Ranger. Way out west Rode round this country with the star on his breast Every white man in Indian tribe Knew he was the baddest man there ever was alive Now he's a U.S. Marshal And a Lone Bass Reeves was the first African-American lone Deputy lone U.S. Marshal of the United States, west of the Mississippi, following Frederick Douglass, who was the very first one. Broad-shouldered and six, you know, broad-shouldered and six feet tall, six feet tall. Soul he like had a sorrel that could outrun them all. a mall. Master of a pistol, master of disguise. Master of a pistol and a master of disguise, and he looked every man he caught dead in the eyes. Like the Lone Ranger, he used disguises, he was a bounty hunter. He is a He was a fellow born into slavery, and he also was illiterate. He couldn't read or write. Born a slave down in Arkansas, lived with his master and his dear old mom. There was a family story that Bass Reeves would start singing a little spiritual to himself before he would get into a gunfight, and that was sort of the big cue for everybody to get out of the way, because Bass Reeves is going to start shooting. He is alone. Bass Reeves' story begins in Fort Smith, Arkansas, on a plantation during a time when Oklahoma was still considered the Indian Territory. And by the end of his life, you have Bass Reeves as a municipal constable in Muskogee, Oklahoma. You know, we're hearing about the modernization of America, which I started to find was one of the big reasons that black cowboys Got pushed to the side as as the United States began to modernize as an urban landscape, the world of the black cowboys disappeared. Whoopin up, cattle! I'm setting up a straddle and I'm round the cattle whoop, um, 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 The Old Chisholm Trail I is chisholm one chisholm of the ridin most ridin well-known ridin songs ridin in the Western canon. And the version that I put together on the record is melodically based on an early field recording that was made by John A. Lomax and his son Alan in the early 1930s. They were in Sugarland, Texas, at the state penitentiary. Up cattle, up cattle, they came across a fellow by the name of Moses Lumbly, Clear Rock yeah, Platt, the water boy Lumbly. at the penitentiary. I went out when I heard the audio for the original field recording, it told me black cowboys. Just by listening to it. I had the great fortune of putting together my version of Poor Howard's Dead and Gone with the uh, song a Hole to Put the Devil in for an event that happened at carnegie hall it was a tribute to the great hudie ledbetter better known as Leadbelly. belly poor howdy's dead and gone sang this song poor howdy's dead and gone let me hear to sing
1: this song his
2: work it's become a big part of the folk music repertoire including songs like Midnight Special, and Goodnight Irene, two of his most well-known numbers. Oh, is dead and gone. God knows, let me hear to sing this song. I was listening back to one of the early field recordings that Leadbelly made with Alan Lomax talking about poor Howard, and he mentioned that the song was the first song sung by the first Negro fiddler freed from slavery, and it was the fiddler's theme song. Lord with a derby on black with a derby on And then the lyrics themselves, you know, poor Howard's dead and gone, and he left me here to sing this song, being able to pass on history, or pass on culture generation by generation or person to person and want to dig a hole to put the devil in. Lead Belly said that this is a song that when he and the, well, he called them the boys in the field, when they would see the boss coming, they would start singing a song like this, want to dig a hole to put the devil in, somewhat cursing or mocking the boss, but doing it in a way that is not directly speaking to the boss himself. It's a subversive song. I wanted to put those two things together because they speak a lot about the emotional journey of African-American culture, going from the farm and then eventually moving into what would be the civil rights era and beyond. I decided to use the banjo. One of Lead Belly's brightest protégés was a fellow by the name of Pete Seeger, and so I wanted to have a little bit of Pete Seeger's banjo style within my arrangement. The history of the african-american banjo the black caribbean and african roots it's it's lost to the past because you have to imagine that the instrument is so far removed from african-american musical practice that in some ways it, it, it was hard for people to even wrap their mind around the idea that the banjo could be connected to black culture finding hope for Dylan. You can look up Leadbelly's history and his story, and you can see the tragedy of Leadbelly not seeing full recognition in his lifetime. Sadly enough, he passed of Lou Garrett's disease just months before The Weavers with Pete Seeger had a number one pop hit with the song Goodnight Irene. To know that he did not get full acceptance in his lifetime, it allowed me to be able to say, well I can take up the mantle and I can perform some of the songs and I can do my part to at least let people know that a man like Leadbelly existed. Good night.
1: so wonderfully appropriate i think to end with lead belly Hughie ledbetter in his time was very much participating in the same kind of musical work that flemins is doing now not only because of the range of music that he performs and the way that he takes these traditions and amplifies and celebrates them for a new audience but also because like lead belly Flemens understands that the music and the stories that he's spotlighting on black cowboys and in his other work are not just about this interesting part of the past, right? It's critical for us as teachers and students and people who want to learn more about the history of the United States, the true history of the United States, the hard history of the United States, right? It's critical that we understand the complexity of the West. It's critical that we understand the role that black cowboys played, not only in Western migration and settlement, but also to things like the development of the Pullman Porters and the roots of the civil rights movement. These questions are still very much relevant to how we think about our present day. We are still trying to understand what it means to be considered an American. Who gets to be considered part of country as identity and music? And maybe the most important thing that I certainly took away from our conversation is that When we think about the music of the past, we have to understand that it was always part of creating a new future. That the moments and the people and the sounds that took place even way far back or in a space and time that feels very different to us, that they weren't the past when they were created. And they were part of, as he says at one point in our conversation, the modernization of America especially when we're trying to think about our history in ways that go beyond easy, inaccurate, linear narratives of progress.
0: Thanks to Mr. Flemons for sharing his insights and his art with us. And thanks, too, to our friend and our music correspondent, historian Charles L. Hughes. Dr. Hughes is the director of the Lynn and Henry Turley Memphis Center at Rhodes College and the author of Why Bushwick Bill Matters and Country Soul, Making Music and Making Race in the American South. You can find a complete list of the songs you heard in the show notes, along with a full transcript and links to helpful classroom resources. Visit us at learningforjustice.org podcasts. Teaching Hard History is a podcast from Learning for Justice, the education arm of the Southern Poverty Law Center helping teachers and schools prepare students to be active participants in a diverse democracy. Music Reconstructed is produced by Barrett Golding. Our senior producer is Shay Shackelford. Russell Gregg is our associate producer. Corey Collins provides content guidance. Kate Schuster is the series creator. And our managing producer is Miranda LaFond. I'm Dr. Bethany Jay, professor of history at Salem State University, and your host for Teaching Heart History.